Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. Now, today we are going to talk about how to nail your niche. Niching is so important, and you've probably heard this a million times before, or maybe not, that when you serve everyone, you serve no one. And actually, one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to business is nailing our niche, because what happens is fear of missing out, or we are afraid that we will make the wrong decision, or that we will exclude a huge part of the market by settling for one thing. And that can create a lot of fears and procrastination and us never really picking a niche. But then it's a vicious circle because when we don't pick a niche, it's so much harder to get our business off the ground. So today is going to be a pretty short episode and we'll just go through the main guidelines and not the cookie cutter stuff that you probably heard on how to nail your niche, but the real questions that will be so significant for the success of your business. So today, in a nutshell, we're going to talk about how to nail your niche, how to even get an idea of what type of niche you might want to um, consider, you might want to consider or work with, how to narrow it down, and then how to know if the niche is good for you. And importantly, if it's profitable, because we don't want to go to all of that struggle of finally nailing a niche and picking something and then struggling and hustling online because the niche is not a profitable market or the clients are too hard to find. So when it comes to picking your niche, there is something that is super important is that when we want to sell high-end products or programs or services, or even when we want more clients, one determining factor that can kind of make or break you, that can make a huge difference is to be an expert in one thing. Because when we are an expert, people know, like, and trust us, right? They get to know us through attraction marketing, which is a different topic. They like us and they trust us. And when they have all of those components and when they perceive us as being an expert, that's when they make an investment in a program. And to be considered an expert, we need to have one niche because by definition, an expert is someone who's very good at one thing. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh my God, I'm not an expert. I don't have experience enough. This is imposter syndrome topic talking, which is another topic. And some of you might be thinking like, can I even call myself an expert? How do I get to be an expert? And being an expert... I break, broke it down to something very simple is being able to provide a solution that your client is looking for. So basically, you just need to be two steps ahead. And the how of getting two steps ahead of someone is by nailing our niche and gaining experience in a specific field. And then the more people we see in a specific field, the more experience and knowledge we get and the more expertise we develop. Now, if you're absolutely clueless at how to nail your niche or even why to nail your niche. Or maybe you have some examples of people who don't have a niche and who've been very successful. Can you be successful without a niche? Yes, anyone can be successful with anything if they are a manifestation master. But in the day and age of social media and social media 
being rather crowded, right? It's not like 10 years ago or even five years ago. The one thing that is going to make us stand out is being an expert in one thing or focusing in one field rather than doing everything. Because when we do everything, especially in the beginning or the earlier stages of our business, we basically confuse our audience and a confused audience doesn't buy. And it's as simple as let's imagine that you need, I don't know, knee surgery, right? You have a problem with your knee, you need knee surgery. And then you go to someone who does knee surgery, who's a consultant in, I don't know, um, stopping to how to stop to smoke, how to stop smoking, excuse me. And who also does something a bit random like, I don't know, car detailing. Are you going to perceive that person as much as an expert as someone who solely does knees? Or if you have a general surgeon who does everything, would you trust that general surgeon more or would you rather have a knee specialist? Well, the answer is you want a knee specialist for your knee problem and you'll be ready to invest in that person. That is why it's so significant to be known for one thing. And once your business takes off and once you gain more momentum, you can completely diversify the line of your services, have different things that kind of have an intersection, but serve different people at different levels for different things. But in the beginning, niching is really what is going to make your business take off. So now if you're completely clueless of and you don't even know what you want to do or how to nail your niche, here are a few guidelines that hopefully will help you a lot. So what I did in the very beginning when I basically had no idea what I wanted to do is that I worked with people, right? So I started as a therapist doing EFT and hypnosis face-to-face in my practice in Switzerland, and that didn't really go anywhere, but that's another story. And what I did is that I worked with various issues. I had phobias, water phobias, spider phobias. I had people who came to stop smoking, people who had anxiety, depression, people who wanted to lose weight, people who had back pain, people who wanted to be more confident, public speaking, etc., etc., etc. And working with a wide range of issues or challenges or themes that people wanted to work on allowed me to realize that some of these areas did, didn't really light me up, right? I mean, it was very good to work with these people, but not something I would want to do for the next 30, 40, or 20 years. And other things really, really fulfilled me much more. So the number one advice I would give you is get some practice. So maybe you're hesitating between several things. So work with people, even if it's for free, even though I'm not a supporter of working for free, but there are some exceptions and this is one of them. Get some practical experience, try several things out. And by doing and by working with people in those different areas, you will already kind of get an idea of what you like doing more and what you like doing less. Because what often happens is that a specific field or area that you might pick, the people in that field or area are also going to be pretty specific. And maybe you will love working with these people and maybe not so much. So that is, that is the first thing that I would focus on. And then I have a magic checklist of things I highly recommend you go through to nail your niche. And this is part of the Visibility Queen program. Um, on how to nail your niche. There is like an advanced worksheet in that. And this has brought clarity to people who have tried to nail their niche 
for months or years, right? First of all, do you like working with the people in the niche you are considering picking? So I'm going to give you a very practical example. I initially thought that I wanted to niche down into depression because having had depression myself and having overcome depression, it was really, it has a, it had an important point in my heart to know that it's possible to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I really wanted to help other people go through that journey. However, when I worked with quite a few people who had depression, what I realized is that many of them, because that's a symptom of depression, were pretty hopeless and helpless. And they didn't quite believe that a depression-free life was even available to them. Or they kind of expected me to do the work for them rather than us meeting halfway. And that's when I realized that I actually did not want to support any type of codependent relationship. And I just didn't see myself carrying the weight of these people who most of them, not all, of course, but many of them didn't really feel that a solution was even available to them. I knew that if I had done that, it wouldn't have been sustainable for me because it drained so much of my energy and it actually didn't make me that happy and it made me quite frustrated. So by working with these people, I realized that this is not my zone of genius. Doesn't mean that I don't like the people, absolutely not. It just means that it doesn't fulfill me at a deep level and I feel that someone else would be better for them. So question number one is, do you like working with the people in your specific niche? Question two, are they easy to find on Instagram or Facebook if, and only if, you are considering Instagram or Facebook or any social media platform to grow your business? So if you have like a purely face-to-face business or people recommending you, that's something different. But if you want to use social media to grow your business or to start your business, it's an important point to ask yourself the question of, can I find these people online easily? So someone you cannot find easily is sometimes someone who's 85 year old, right? They're unlikely to be using a social media platform. So can you reach their kids and then reach them? Probably, but this is making your life more difficult than it could be. If you're working with pretty much any other niche or issue and the people that you want to serve are on social media, so basically they are between 20 and 60 or 70, you should be okay. Question number three, do the people know they have a problem? Again, example, because examples are so much, they really kind of put an image in your head. The term codependency, not many people know it. So even people who are in a codependent relationship or who are enabling certain unhealthy behaviors, they don't know the word codependent. And I know that because I was in that boat. I was in a codependent relationship with someone and I had no idea what codependent codependency was. So if I have a codependency expert marketing their services online, talking about codependency, I'm not going to resonate with their content because I don't think I have a codependency issue. I don't even know I have a codependency issue. So it's very important that your ideal client knows that they have a problem. Usually people do know, right? They have knee pain and they want to get over it, or they have an eating disorder that they want to overcome. Or I don't know, they want to plant tomatoes in their gardens, but they have no idea how. 
Those are people who are aware that they have a problem. Some people, however, are not aware that they have a problem. So if you market a specific thing to people who don't even know that they have that issue, you're going to have a hard time. Point number four, do they want a solution versus do they need a solution? So many people need a solution, but they don't necessarily want a solution. So another very easy example that I saw in real life, people who are in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and who don't have the healthiest health lifestyle, do they need a healthier lifestyle? Yes, they would live a big, better, longer life. Maybe they would have less knee pains or joint pains. They will have more energy. So technically, they need a solution for a better lifestyle. Now, do they want a solution? Not necessarily, right? I have a lovely grandma who lives in Vancouver in Canada, and she is not the healthiest person on earth, right? Her words, not mine. But she just told me, like, listen, at my age, I'm having, like, a very nice life. Could my life be more energetic? And could I walk longer if my lifestyle was a bit better? Absolutely. But that's not really something I'm interested in doing right now because the quality of my life is already really good, right? So if you're marketing lifestyle services to 80-year-olds who could totally benefit from them but don't really want to change you are going to have a hard time. So there's a difference between someone needing a solution and someone actually wanting to take action and ready to invest to solve that problem and get that solution. Point number five, do they have money? So money this is like one of these questions where you can answer yes or no to that question for basically any case. You can always find people who will have money and you can always find people who will just not be ready or willing to invest in a solution. But on a general basis, if you have a, I don't know, a life coaching program that is $5,000 and you want to market it to 21-year-old university students, it might not be the best idea unless they have financial support elsewhere because usually 21-year-old university students are broke and they will not pay five grand for a program. You could sell the same program to someone who's in their 30s or 40s or 50s who's had a life crisis and who needs a big change and they will be more than willing to invest in the program, right? So we can all agree that there will always be people who know what they want and will find a way to make it happen, but there's also easier ways to get there and harder ways. So do your people have money? Usually, yes. If they want the solution, they will make it happen. But there are some targets or groups, not targets like in the sense of target, but target groups of people who are not in a stage or period in their life where investing in their well-being or whatever solution you're selling is a priority. And for example, often students belong to that category. Not always, but often. Point number, what is it? Six, I think. Are there many competitors in your field or niche? If the answer is yes, that is very good news because when we have a lot of people doing the same thing, so for example, you'll find a lot of people online doing fitness, uh, business coaches, mindset coaches, um, active wear, it means that there is a very high demand. So don't ever be scared of 
oh my God, like this market is oversaturated. What if like I can't, there's no space for me? That is not true. It's a scarcity thing. There will always be space for you because you are unique and you have unique gifts and a unique life story and unique experiences that will help you help other people. So usually as a rule of thumb, the more competitors they are, and I don't even like the, the word competitor, but peers who do similar things, the better it is. Point number seven, so, so important. Does it fulfill you, right? Are you choosing a niche based on your former education or former training or what maybe friends or family members think you should do? Or are you considering or picking a niche based on what fulfills you? One common hurdle that is fueled by imposter syndrome is For example, me, I have a master's degree in accounting and finance, right? So the natural thing would kind of to be a financial coach or a how to manage your money coach or doing accounting services, but that doesn't fulfill me. I will always love numbers. I will always love like finance, but it's not something that lights me up. And when I buy a book online or when I watch YouTube videos, I watch YouTube videos about the subconscious mind and the universe. I don't watch YouTube videos about accounting and finance because what really fulfills me is the power of the subconscious mind and how everybody has the power within them to create the life they want. That's what I could talk about for hours and hours and hours without anyone asking for it, right? Not accounting and finance. So that is a very important thing to remember when you're picking a niche is does the niche actually fulfill you? And could you see yourself working in that area for the right reasons? And last but not least, will the people do the work and will they get results? It is so much easier to sell a program or services or whatever you're selling to people who want it and are willing to do the work. So one of the easiest examples, because it's kind of the cookie cutter, plain vanilla example, but people are ready to invest in business coaching because they know that if it works out and if they do the work, then they can have a profitable business. But Can you force a teenager who really doesn't want to see you to work with you and invest themselves in the process if, for example, they're struggling with anxiety and their parents force them to work with you? Probably not. Is it going to be fulfilling to work with someone who is not meeting you halfway, who is not investing their time and energy in the process and who is not getting results? Probably not. And what will result is burnout or overwhelm or feeling overly responsible for your client's results if they're not investing themselves in the process. And then when we feel overly responsible for client's results, we subconsciously reject them because we don't want to get into trouble. And that is a recipe for disaster. So are your people willing to do the work and are they getting results? Because having amazing clients getting more of what they want is one of the most fulfilling things ever and one of the things that keeps us in alignment in our business so again you know they're amazing fantastic coaches and therapists and people who work with teenagers or children and who are doing a fantastic life-changing job but you also have to keep in mind that if you want to work with teenagers for example And the teenagers don't want to be there, but their parents are kind of forcing them because their parents 
see their kids being unhappy and they want to do something about it, you're going to work with someone who doesn't want to be there, right? And that is going to be difficult. So those were the eight points of the magical nail your profitable niche checklist. We go uh, much deeper into that in the Visibility Queen Bootcamp, which is actually relaunching mid-June. So nailing your niche as a few concluding words is so important because once you have your field, first of all, one of the common objections is like, I'm excluding 95% of the market or 99% of the market, like this is crazy. I have been there, especially coming from a background of doing EFT, emotional freedom technique and hypnosis. I can basically work with almost any type of issue. So when I was told to nail my niche, there was a lot of resistance in that process because I was like, this is so dumb. I have people coming to me for anxiety, for weight loss, for smoking, for uh, eczema, for self-confidence. Why would I pick one thing? And so I just procrastinated about nailing my niche or picking a niche, but I also had to see the reality that my business wasn't going anywhere, right? And that the model of not picking a niche was just not working. It got me nowhere for many months, for eight months. And then when I did pick a niche, which was imposter syndrome, and and it still is, everything changed. And the business made $300,000 in sales in I think 14 or 15 months, which was incredible versus, I don't know, maybe 10K in eight months and I couldn't even pay for my bills, pay my bills, right? So when you pick a niche, you open the doors to freedom and abundance. And please remember, you are never stuck in one niche. If you decide that you want to change it, it doesn't float your boat anymore. One, you can. And number two, the more momentum you get, and the more flexibility you have to expand your line of services to do different things, because once your business gets momentum and once it gets off the ground, you already have basically your branding, your messaging. People know you. You are kind of an authority in your field. People recognize what you do, and that gives you the flexibility of then doing more things. But if we want to do that in the beginning, we kind of stay in this vicious circle of not really taking off or getting enough momentum because no one knows what we do and it's confusing and when we serve everyone we serve no one so trust me from having gone from desperate to happy from broke to abundant nailing your niche will open the doors to abundance so i hope that this podcast episode helped you brought some clarity And I am hosting an amazing five-day challenge. It's completely free, the Visibility Queen Challenge. And we start on Monday, June 7th. So super soon. It's completely free. The link is in the show notes, or you can find it by um, typing www.inespadar.ch slash Visibility Queen Challenge 2021 in one word. And the Visibility Queen Challenge is a five-day free challenge that is all about letting go of fears of visibility, overcoming the fear of judgment and criticism when we show up online and imposter syndrome, nailing your profitable niche, 
and the magic formula of how to post and how to show up on social media to attract high ticket clients and clients in general to you, how to create a compelling offer that people want to invest in. All of that will be covered in this challenge. The last time I run it was in September, so almost a year ago, and it was amazing. So many wins in only five days. It's completely free, so just go in the link in the show notes. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the Visibility Queen Challenge. It's going to be awesome. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.